Yep, I'll make a start because uh, I'll say to everyone watching actually that um, the, the intentions for this episode are to, to keep it reasonably brief, probably not the hour that we normally do, probably more like 30 to 40, 45 minutes tops. Firstly, because the internet connection is bad, but secondly, because Craig's on a boat and he has to get off the boat in about an hour's time. So we don't want any awkwardness there. So um, if anyone is watching and they've got any questions for Mandy um, off the top of the head or, or as we go along, get them in early um, because it, it may well be you know, that we run out of time before we can get to them. So I'll, I'll do a quick introduction um, and try not to get it too wrong. Um, obviously, thanks to Mandy for, for, for joining us. Uh, we've been pr uh, pursuing her for, for several months, actually, to get her on this episode. She's obviously... <laughs> She's very busy. She's very busy. But uh, tonight's episode is talking about uh, podiatry input, podiatry uh, presence at uh, events, at games. So no better person to talk about uh, this than, than Mandy. Just glancing down at my notes here so I don't get this wrong. Um, clinical director for the Special Olympics. Uh, she's been lead podiatrist at the Commonwealth Games in 2014, at the European Games in 2015, at the World Indoor Athletics in 2018. Um, and possibly I may have missed one or two, so apologies if I have. So delighted to have a speak to us about podiatry at, at big events, how we can get involved, uh, why we would get involved, what it entails, and all those all those kind of things. Um, Mandy, uh, we, as you know, when we announce these episodes, we often invite questions to come in, and, and they get emailed into me usually. And I don't know whether this shows the state of affairs of where podiatrists' heads are at, but the question I got asked the most to ask you was do you get paid for these things are they paid <laughs> positions are they are they are they volunteer positions um uh, i guess uh, it probably depends on on the exact event but what, what what's your sort of response to what someone can expect from a remuneration point of view not that that's the most important thing of course <laughs> uh, you get a nice t-shirt <laughs> um, i've got a collection of t-shirts um that I can frame on my wall, just like you've got behind yourselves. Um, <laughs> yes, no, they are voluntary positions. So um, it's, it's that's the way that all the medical staff are at these events. It's a, you volunteer your time. Um, so that you know, there was one games though, the Europeans in Baku that there was financial remuneration for, and they paid for you to go out there and your accommodation. Um, and but that was because out in Azerbaijan they don't actually have such professions as physiotherapy or podiatry. So the European Olympic Committee had to to fund that. Um, so they were given a budget for for the medical cover for it. Uh, but anywhere else, the Commonwealth Games, as you'll know yourself, in with the Olympics, um, Special Olympics, all of these things are um, voluntary uh, type roles. Mm. A lot of the time you do get fed, <laughs> they do feed you, um, but, and give you a nice t-shirt or uniform, but that's about it. Yeah, I find it interesting, Ian, that that, that was the most commonly asked question that you got. <laughs> People want to know how much money's in it for them, you know, which, you know, mind you, mind, isn't it? Shouldn't be, but, yeah, um, mind you, we, we have had a couple of potential guests ask us how much they get paid for coming on here but they won't they won't be coming on you know <laughs> we, we won't go we won't go that way that <laughs> yeah um the answer is zero by the way um, the 
so off the back of off the back of the the, the perhaps bombshell that, that you might not get paid to do these things. I remember when I did uh, London 2012 Olympics, and I told friends, colleagues that that it wasn't paid. Um, the, the first question that then came back at me again was, "Why are you doing it then?" So is that question asked? If, if, if I, you know, I'll ask you now. You know, what do you think anyone who's considering doing does from it, if not paid? Well, well, I would say that the main thing that you get from it is really a lot of it is just sort of working in that environment. It's a completely different environment to work in than in a health centre um, type environment. So it's a real multidisciplinary approach. And so actually for your personal CPD, it's massive. Um, so you're actually working with the sports and exercise medicine doctors, the physios, radiologists are there. Um, so... Um, from that point of view, from your personal CPD, and um, it's great for that. Also, um, you can sort of put it on your CV, you know, so if you are working back at the ranch, if you like, in your clinic, you can sort of say that you've worked at these events, and a lot of the time that's good kudos, and, and patients like it if they think that you're working at that level. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's funny you should say that about kudos. It's it's strange, isn't it? We know that the lay public, they like to see the professionals that they know are looking, or the clinicians, sorry, that they know look after the professionals. And we know between us that that doesn't necessarily uh, mean anything, but the, the, it means a lot to the public. Um, having that on your CV, having that on your website is, is a real marketing tool. Um, I think sometimes you get, you do these things, you don't get paid for them there and then, but you can never necessarily uh, gauge how much you might earn earn from it in in this in this true sense of the word and um, sort of moving forward in the future so I think, I think that's a solid point um other questions that came in um about being at the games and we'll talk a bit more about the individual games uh, shortly because i don't understand that they're a bit different particularly the special olympics but uh how, what, what can be expected for being a podiatrist at a games a commonwealth games uh, a european championship what does an average day look like for someone that, that, that's never been um, sorry, can you repeat that? I just lost you there on my screen. Sorry, Ian. sorry. Um, I'm, I'll repeat it all because I'm not sure where you lost me. Uh, what does a day, for someone who's never been to one of these games, what, what would you, how would you describe the average day from, from the start of your shift to the end of the shift? What does it look like for a podiatrist in the, in the MDT at a big, at a big event? Um, to be honest, I've had, I've been at a few events now and no two are the same. Um, so it's, you kind of have to go in with that sort of open mind of go with whatever happens. So that's the world in about. Um, there wasn't much coming through, so actually, it was sort of advice and supply. To be a sounding board, and what we did when we were not business do a lot of um, CPD training with each other, so teach each other strings. I would go ankle strap and play entry available, so you can actually ground with the athlete while they get their diagnostics done, and actually work with the ACMs. That's the sports and exercise medicine doctors. Um, so. Uh, that sort of multidisciplinary approach to it is one of the best things I think that um, that you see. But I have to say, no two events have ever been the same. Um, 
another event completely different is the Olympics. Uh, it's a health screening rather than a treatment, so we're not providing medical care, so we, we screen many of the athletes as we can. Um, and that is, uh, the, the athletes are queuing to see you have about 15 minutes sort of screening time with them um so it's very noisy it's very lively it's very loud um and it it's a lot of laughs with with the the special olympians so um it's a different um all the games are really different i would say yeah and off the back of that the the sort of pathologies that you're seeing um the musculoskeletal stuff is it all very much overuse uh, tendon kind of stuff it Um, I would say that a lot of it, one of the things with these events is that different from other sort of sports podiatry type things that you've had um, with the other guys from soccer and um, the Aussie rules is that it's not biomechanics. It's all about the acute injury. So a lot of these games, the an old injury so you're only to treat what happens at the event um so what you find is it these in sprains and want you to strap them up to keep them going um Obviously, in Baku, it would be hot, and um, so there was a lot of blistering and sort of bad blisters that were coming in with that sort of thing as well, um, just because of the, the heat and stuff that was going on. And actually, believe it or not, in Glasgow for 2014 games, we had some men no. um, <laughs> and it was hot then. And <laughs> so a lot of the triathletes were coming in that day um, with some real bad skin wounds and stuff. So depending on the event, depends on what you see. But I would say it was a lot more sort of soft tissue, MSK type um, sprains and strains. And, and I think that's interesting because when we, as podiatrists, even the ones of us that, that specialise in musculoskeletal, we see more much more chronic or persistent problems. We see very, very few acute cases in our clinic. So, I mean, one of the one of the things we were going to touch on, and now seems a good time, is is there any kind of training that you that people need to do to do? Uh, you know, is is it a formal requirement, or is there something you would recommend people got much more confident in before considering doing this? And, and I'm get I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like a real read up on the management of acute problems would be right at the top yeah, of the list. Yeah, that's, that's a good question, actually, because it's actually different. So for podiatry, no, there is no prerequisite apart from experience. So um, they do ask you, for example, with the Commonwealth Games, it was a minimum of five years experience and experience in sport. Uh, but for physios and sports and exercise medicine doctors, they have to have done a sports first aid. So to be field of play... So there's different sort of um, environments that you can work in. So in podiatry, we're usually in a polyclinic. We're usually in central sort of primary care service with doctors and the nurses and the physios. But out at the event areas, there'll be field of play, which would tend to be your sort of ambulance, your paramedics, your physios um, and acute trauma nurses. 
um, for things like that. And they have to have a minimum requirement of some sort of uh, sports first aid. Um, there are further courses that they can do, which is more on the sort of trauma-based pitch side stuff <coughs> that, um, that sometimes is required. So, but for podiatrists, no, there isn't anything, any sort of formal requirement to do. But you're right, it is acute injuries that you're seeing and your diagnostic skills need to be spot on. So that's really why they ask for the experience. And it's almost not fair to put an inexperienced podiatrist in just because, you know, if they've not seen a Liz Frank injury or a turf toe or, you know, and the things that, as you say, we don't often see coming through the door, um, you know, you can be putting yourself in a vulnerable position. So to actually have, you know, the knowledge of your anatomy is, is paramount. And also the sort of mechanism of injury and understanding the sport and the movement and, and what the mechanism of injury has been. But not to scare people off, it's also one of these things that you do have the diagnostics there. You know, so if somebody comes in and you think, you know, they've just done this and they, they come in, you can get them x-rayed, you can get them MRI'd or ultrasound, you've got that sort of facility there. Um, on site and you'll get the results immediately and there's a radiologist usually there to read it so um, so not to be too scaremongering as in you know you really need to know your stuff there are backup there it is a multidisciplinary approach so no clinicians left out to dry or anything but I would say that to have the confidence to be able to go into these events and have your your diagnostic skills there yet yeah, read up on your acute medicine yeah, sure. absolutely. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Mandy. Look, we just had a question come in um, from Stuart from South Africa, who looks as though he's in Scotland at the moment. Um, but he just asked, well, I'm presuming it's Stuart, um, but during these events, are you able to collect any data and able to publish any reviews from the collected data? I know I've seen reports from different events, but um, I don't know about the, the ones that you've been on. Yeah, that that is one thing that they do do because they need the statistics to inform future events. So, for example, the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow relied on the data that they had received from Melbourne um, and then the Gold Coast from what they got from Glasgow. So they, they plan the services required around the history of what came into the clinic. So they use a, a patient recording system that records all that and can, uh, you know, can create reports and um, those types of events and I've found that at each of the events I go to uses the same system so they've, they've got a bit smarter and that they're starting to use the mm. same sort of recording system so for comparable data um, mm. but one of the other things is with the Special Olympics it is all about data that's all we're doing is collecting data um, one of the aims of the Special Olympics is really to find out of what are the healthcare needs of that population and so it, that's all you're doing. It's if you go to an event, this exact same data is collected. And that has been published as a podiatry-specific data. And it's um, Dr. David Jenkins over in the States has published a couple of papers on um, the sort of data that's been collected um, from the US and internationally on, on Special Olympics. So yeah, that data is there and, and is published from that. No, that's good. That's good. 
I know, I know in London, it, we, we were told, 2012, we were told it, it wasn't negotiable. You, you will collect this, this data for us. You know, it, it, it was the IOC dictated you, the certain things that you need to collect for everything. And for exactly the same reason you say, they needed to pass it on to Brazil, I think it was, the next one. And, uh, and the reason and they set up the provisions in London based on the data they received from four years previous. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know whether it's true of the games you've been to. I was told the fact that the busiest clinicians at almost every single major events and games are the dentists. Is that is that something you've heard as well? Um, I know that the dentists were busy, but I wouldn't know if they were the busiest. I would hate to think that they were the busiest. I'm sure I was. But only injuries that happened during the games that they were able to. Ah, uh, Okay. I think at the Olympics, they're basically treating everything, and people are coming in from all sorts of countries where there are no dental provisions, and they're having things done that, that have needed to be done for five, six years. I think that's why they were the busiest. Um, moving back onto podiatry, the sort of future calendar, you've done at least three, four, five of these, however many it is, I've lost count now. Do you have any more in the pipeline and how do you find out about them? So more thinking if there are people watching that listen to this and they think, yeah, I'd like to do one of those. How, how do they find out about them? How do you go about applying? I mean, I mean, I guess emailing you might be a starting point, but uh, is, there a, is there a database of, of events that podiatry services are required for? There's no, unfortunately. Um, and I mean, there is for the Special Olympics. So the Special Olympics, we do have a calendar. Um, so we know what's going on. So this is a good point for me to plug for volunteers for the Olympics. We've got games coming on in August. It's 40 years Olympic. And so we're looking for volunteers just now. Um, so you can go onto the website, which is uh, Special Olympics Scotland um, dot com and there's a volunteer site that you can um, log your details in there and just put down in the box that you want to work with fit feet um, for screening for fit feet so there is a calendar of events for the special olympics and we usually put a call out either through podiatry now or through the branches for um for volunteers for the special olympics for the rest of it unfortunately there's not really um anything um there you just tend to find when the big events are on there will be a call out for volunteers so for example with the commonwealth games i put it through podiatry now um and put an advert in there for volunteers and that's where we got our volunteers for the commonwealth games for the rest of it i have been the podiatrist there hasn't been another one there and so um, not ideal, but it, it's one of these things that once you get into working at these events and you start to know and you find that it's the same people that work at, this, at these events, that you see the same people at them. And it is just almost a word of mouth. Um, it's a network. So really the best way to get involved is actually to, to start sort of going to something and getting into that network and creating a network around you. Um, it'll be a multidisciplinary network. It'll not be a podiatry network. Um, 
So you need to sort of get into that sort of network. And I'm sure you've probably found the same in your practice um, in, in the sports stuff that you work in, that, you know, it is all about networking and, and people recommending you or um, coming to you for advice. So, uh, it's about me Absolutely. So your advice to anyone would be who's thinking about doing it, just do it. Just 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 apply. Just just get stuck in. Don't hang around. Don't hang around. Um, but I would say one of the best ways to get in, I would say, is also to have a bit of a reputation behind you. So maybe get involved with some local sort of sporting teams and things as well, just so that you can get a feel for working in that sporting environment. It is a really different environment to a clinical environment. So um it's very much a sort of you have to kind of be able to go with the flow because you don't know what's going to walk through the door. So um, actually getting a feel for it and working with some sports teams, getting some experience behind you before you go into that environment, just so that you don't end up in a bit of a vulnerable position um, is a good way. And that also creates your network, starts creating that network for you. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I remember saying to people, you know, volunteer at the at the London Marathon, you know, that's in Podiatry now every year. They take a big team of podiatrists to the London Marathon, volunteer. I know on, I saw on the College of Podiatry, uh, as they're now called, website, um, just last week, they've got a list of events, like sort of three peaks challenge, endurance type events that they're recruiting yeah, for. Yeah. So great, great things to get on your CV and get that experience of just the the craziness and just how different a clinic it is, you know, when in clinic everyone's coming in on the hour and, you know, at games it's, it's just wild. Get all of that on your CV, get read up on acute injuries, and then you should be pretty much good to go. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Actually, just on that comment before about dentists being busy, busy um, Jane Johnson's just made a comment that the optometrists were mega busy at the Glasgow Commonwealth Games but I, I suspect optometrists were just as busy as dentists for the same reasons, and that would be the provision of services in certain countries, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jane was there with us. Hi, Jane. She was there as part of our team at Yeah, the, the, um, that's, that is a good question around the sort of student um, ability to get into that environment. Because um, I, and although we are not getting paid, there is a cost to us being there. So you get your accreditation, you've got to get scroll checked. Um, you know, they, they provide you with a uniform, they feed you, all the rest of it. So they, they, having students um, or any more lesser experienced um, staff in there is not really an option. So they don't really allow observers in um, and the athletes don't particularly like it either. But with the Special Olympics, it's the perfect opportunity for students to get involved. It's a health screening. So it's of nothing. It's, it's basically... Um, part of the screening is even measuring feet and shoes to see if they match. Um, it's looking for skin lesions, toe deformities, joint ranges of motion, 
gait analysis, and it's about giving health promotion to, um, to these athletes. You're not providing any treatment, so there's no insurance issues or anything around that either. So um, it's actually a great environment for the students to be in. It's a really lively environment. It's a really supportive environment. So with when at the Special Olympics, we've got about 12 volunteers who are all there, podiatrists who are all working together. So it's a really supportive sort of network as well. Also, getting exposure as a student to working with intellectual disability is actually doesn't happen a lot. So it's not really something in an undergraduate programme that the students get a lot of exposure to. And it can be quite intimidating sometimes working um, with that population. Uh, so it's a great way to get exposure to that, to actually get some training on how to communicate with, with the athletes, as well as how to handle them and, and the sort of deformities and the, and the foot postures that we, we start to see in them. And there's always experienced clinicians around to, to help the students and support them and explain and, um, and use some really interesting things, um, some really interesting foot problems that in that population. So... No, it's a it's a great environment for the students to get involved in, and great for TV um, to be able to say that they've volunteered for the Special Olympics. It's a it's a good CV one. Yeah. yeah. Oops, I've. Games, the Commonwealth Games, and we've seen the athletes because lion's share of our patients, our practice, are probably runners. I think it's a reasonable, reasonable generalisation. Also, any sort of things that are going on there are any MSK asymmetries can cause injury as minor as they are but that's more the sort of biomechanical type assessments that we're not really doing at these events so a lot of it because it's traumatic we actually see a lot of like the at the Commonwealth Games there was quite a few of the rugby sevens in um, with sort of traumatic injuries um, also the the triathletes as I said earlier, had a lot of sort of really bad blistering and things. But um, you actually see a lot of the gymnasts um, are needing a lot of strappings and stuff there as well. And actually the gymnastics is an interesting one because there is rules also on strapping. Um, so the gymnasts, you can't have any coloured strapping on. So your fancy pink and black K-tapes are not allowed. It's all got to be natural mm -hmm. colours. So there's certain um, sports have different rules on, on what they're allowed to to have um, applied to them um, as well. So it's good to, to um, know your sort of medical rules around the sport. But no, actually we saw quite a broad um, sort of uh, injury pattern from all different sports, the netball, the basketball, everything. You, you, we saw quite a lot of, of, because it's the traumatic, acute sort of injuries that you're seeing. And another thing that I and to add to the list of things for people to consider if they want to go ahead and do this, along with, you know, getting experience and reading up on acute injuries, is actually to, to get really confident and really good at strapping. Because, like you say, a lot of the sports you see, your, your martial arts, your taekwondo, your gymnasts, your swimmers, they're, they're not wearing shoes. So orthoses as a modality, uh, they're, they're gone. Um, 
one of the one of the points that did come up is uh, is there much provision of such authorities at these at these games? Um, you know, in your experience, is that something you're doing a lot of? None of? Some of? Um, very few, to be honest. Um, I ordered a whole load of orthoses <laughs> for the Commonwealth Games that went back. So um, <laughs> I assumed in my um, sort of naivety at the time that we would be providing a lot of ortho. I mean, it was off-the-shelf devices with adaptations we could add to customise them. Um, but and we also had the local health board had said that they brought a grinder down for us so we had a, a grinder there um, with dust extraction we had our own little orthotics manufacturing room that I think we went into once um, to, <laughs> just to grind something down off a, off the shelf device so um, no because these athletes have been training for four years to get to where they are you're not going to tweak them at that point in time. So the only time we really used the orthotics was if we were wanting to offload something for a short period of time. So it was no, not a long-term management solution. So we weren't looking for long-term tissue that we needed to offload. If we had a bit of tip post, but it was a was helial cups. That was something. The gel cups, um, heel lift, uh, was something. From uh, Stanley, he said, the Olympics World Games will be held in Abu Dhabi in March 2016. I'm the clinical director for Fit Feet. My question to man. Is it okay to use therapy students as volunteers since we don't have podiatry schools in this part of the world? Um, I think there's an opportunity to get you and a few colleagues flown over here. Perhaps. <laughs> I'll be there, so <laughs> um, I have been to a number of the world events. <clears throat> Luckily, um, I got invited over. In Athens, they had the World Games over there. So there was Padarchi is a big chance, which they had there. Um, the screening process is. is no. So I had one more question here. Normally, Craig does the question. <laughs> Oh, but. yeah, I, I, I can't even load Facebook, so. And severe pain in his heel, and he was still sort of hope, if you like. So, but he had severe heel pain. Um, so we got him to video him doing his triple jump, so that I could see the mechanism.
posteriorly rather than anteriorly um, on the plantar aspect. But we got a MRI and it showed bone edema. So we did have, you know, and we gave him the gel pass to produce his absorption in the triple jumpers. Um, so we got that into his shoes, did some dry needling also around um, the calcaneum. To be honest, you're kind of throwing everything at it to try and for, for some sort of relief for him. Um, and we did some sort of low dye strapping to try and um, sort of get the, the fat pad underneath the area for some sort of natural shock absorption as well. But he could keep coming back in to see me. So he would do a tra- come in, I'd get his foot strapped for his training session, shower, come back and see me and get it strapped up again. So I was seeing him sort of twice a day, really. Um, but obviously he wasn't, and he was told in competition, you know, that he wouldn't wear the heel pad. It was purely just to get him through the short-term training, you know. So he had 10 days before his competition. And it was really just to get him through the 10 days. That was all we were doing. Um, but it was quite funny when he was actually doing his triple jump. Um, it was videoed and we got it on the laptops in the clinic. So everybody was shouting over because my guy was going to be doing, you know, his jump. And you could hear the commentators say, uh, about, oh, he's taking his shoe off. Oh, he's throwing his insole away. <laughs> 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 and yeah. he got his medal. After he threw his, his heel pad away. And um, so it looked as if it was a really bad advert for my diet. But to be fair to me, I did say to him to take it out before competition. It's my defence. But um, it was quite funny when, when I played it. Yeah. Okay, look. Oops, it's frozen. That was obviously caused. Yeah. Okay, look. Sorry, Greg, Thanks, Mandy. I, we're going to have to wind things up now. Um, it's been a really good uh, 45 minutes. We do normally go for an hour. So for those of you who haven't worked out what's going on, I'm actually on a ship um, in the Bass Strait, but I can see the city lights in the end, so we're coming into port. So um, thanks, Mandy, for... Okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. The, my... Are you, are you going to end... Are you going to end, end the, the live, Craig? Yeah, I've just I've stopped it now. All right. I'm <laughs> yeah, I can see we're off. I, I'm... The, mo- the, mo- the most, I think the most important thing there was we, we weren't just left, Mandy and I weren't left hanging on Facebook while you got off the boat. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I think, Craig we're, I think we're still live. Yeah, um, there's, there's no way. Okay, it's, okay, it's finished now. Yeah. Oh, that internet. all night. Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's stopped now. I, I was lucky to get above, I was lucky to get above a third megabyte per second uh, speed. So, anyway, I better head off. So, I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>